G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. As we do on a Tuesday, a great opportunity to catch up on breaking news headlines as they come out of the Middle East and especially as they affect the nation of Israel. Ron Ross is back with us. Hello, Ron. Welcome back to 2020. Thank you, Neil. Ron, let's start with a headline from overnight where a UN official says the world should rehabilitate Gaza only if Hamas stops the violence. What's the story? Yes, uh, the international community should trade measures to rehabilitate Gaza for a Hamas pledge to halt its violence against Israel. UN Special Coordinator for the Middle East Peace Process, Nikolai Mladenov, said this yesterday. The UN need to work very closely with the Israelis, Palestinians and the Egyptians to put in place a set of measures to help people in Gaza survive and live a little better. He suggested that these measures uh, be used to get from these responsible for the situation in Gaza, that is Hamas, a commitment to keep the situation quiet and to keep security and reduce the amount of rockets and attacks against Israel. If we can do that, we might just turn the corner and avoid another escalation, which otherwise looks pretty much inevitable because the situation there is desperate, he went on to say. What is needed now is to get cash back into the economy and provide people with jobs. Improvements must be made uh, with regard to movement of water and electricity, access to these vital commodities. Egypt must continue to keep open its sole passageway into Gaza, the Rafa crossing, he said. Uh, People need an alternative to Hamas and radicalization and the ineptitude of those who should be delivering services to them but currently are not, he went on to say. The UN envoy has been one of the key people formulating a plan for Gaza along with Major General Yov Mordecai, the former head of the coordinator for government activities in the territories. I must say it's refreshing to hear a uh, United Nations official speak this way. And, of course, change is not always easy, and in this sense, probably not likely. But according to U.S. envoy Jason Greenblatt, the Palestinian Authority must change its tune, uh, even its spokesman, who's been making the same comments and criticisms for four decades. Yes, he was very blunt. It is time for the Palestinians to be served by leaders other than Saeb Erekat who for the last 40 years has voiced the same talking points and failed to deliver anything close to what the Palestinians want, Jason uh, Greenblatt said. He went on, uh, Greenblatt, who on a number of occasions has been the target of Erekat's angry rhetorical fusillades, took to the offensive in a Haaretz piece, that's a Jerusalem newspaper, which was headlined, Trump Mideast Envoy, the Palestinians deserve so much more than Saeb Erekat. The article said, Dr. Erekat, we have heard your voice for decades and it has not achieved anything close 
to Palestinian aspirations or anything close to a comprehensive peace agreement, Greenblatt said. Other Palestinian perspectives might help us finally achieve a comprehensive peace agreement where Palestinian and Israeli lives can be better. The time for leadership and responsibility is now. The time for meeting after meeting of government officials repeating the same talking points is over. The Palestinian people want real action and they need honest, realistic and decisive solutions. Greenblatt wrote that notions that Israel is going away or that Jerusalem is not the country's capital or that the United States is not a critical interlocutor for Mideast peace are simply mirages. The reality is that there is an opportunity for peace at hand and that President Trump and his administration are working to help facilitate a peace that will be open uh, in the future for the Palestinian people if they and their leadership have the courage to seize it. Ron, let's stay on the Israeli-Palestinian relations for a few more moments. There's another headline in the Israeli parliament, a bill to punish Palestinians for pay-to-slay schemes. That's right, a pay-to-slay scheme. That's headed towards a final vote. Yes, it's a bill meant to discourage the Palestinian Authority from continuing to pay terrorists and it could go to a final vote any time now uh, at the Knesset, the Israeli parliament. The legislation requires the government to deduct the amount the Palestinian Authority pays terrorists from the taxes and tariffs Israel collects for the Palestinian Authority, and it's backed by members of parliament from the coalition and also from the opposition. The Palestinian Authority paid terrorists over a billion shekels, that's $347 million in 2017, and up the amount to 1.4 billion shekels, that's 403 million US dollars, in its 2018 budget. The Knesset Foreign Affairs and Defence Committee votes on a bill meant, meant to discourage the Palestinian Authority from continuing that payment to terrorists. Uh, it's very likely to pass. Mm. There's lots of enemies for Israel. Let's move towards another enemy, but an interesting way that Israel is treating this one. The Israeli Prime Minister, Benjamin Netanyahu, has offered water technology to the Iranian people. Seems unusual, Ron, but what's the story there? I think he's a brilliant politician. Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu made an extraordinary offer to the people of Iran on Sunday announcing that Israel would create a Farsi-language website to teach Iranians to recycle wastewater and save themselves from the mismanagement of their government. The Iranian people are victims of a cruel and tyrannical regime that denies them vital water, Netanyahu said in a video which was released on social media. Israel stands with the people of Iran, and that's why I want to help save countless Iranian lives. Iran's meteorological organization says that nearly 96% of Iran suffers some level of drought. Issa Kalantra, a former Iranian agriculture minister, said that 50 million Iranians could be forced out of their homes due to environmental damage. Israel has the know-how to prevent Iran from that catastrophe, Netanyahu said. The new website is already live and operational. 
Uh, let's stay with Iran for a few moments because uh, Christians often get into difficulty because of the ruling regime there. Now, several Christians are set to serve time in an Iranian prison. Yes, four Iranian Christians will soon begin serving a 10-year prison sentence after a court ruled the Church of Iran members were promoting Zionist Christianity and running house churches. A court recently upheld the conviction, sending the four men to prison for longer than was expected, and they could receive a call within the next day to report at the prison gate in their hometown of Rasht. Among the group is Yusuf Nadakhani, a pastor who has been arrested several times by the Iranian government. In 2010, he was sentenced to death on charges of apostasy. He was acquitted two years later, but arrested again and detained briefly in 2013. It's very important for us to remember for uh, the persecuted Christians around the world who are under terrible pressure right now. Ron, another very interesting story in the headlines overnight, and oftentimes we talk about the popularity of the Bible, and some think the popularity of the Bible seems to be waning, but the Israel Bible has gone number one on Amazon's new release list. What's the story there? Yeah, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. The Israel Bible was released just seven weeks ago on Israel's 70th birthday and is now ranked the number one in four categories on Amazon. The number one hot new release in Hebrew Bibles, in Jewish sacred writings, in Torah, and the number one new release in Christian Bible history and culture. Rabbi Tuli Wise, director of Israel 365, and the publisher of the Israel Bible and Breaking Israel News, said the ranking is beyond our wildest expectations. It's clearly a Bible whose time has come. Rabbi Wise emphasized that the Israel Bible is unique in being the first Bible to focus on the land of Israel, the people of Israel, and the connection between them. There is no other Bible exclusive to Israel, which is the miracle our generation has seen come to life, Rabbi Wise explained. A new Bible coming forth from Israel and sending the light of Torah into the world is the embodiment of Isaiah prophecy, he said. Well, uh, given the status of what's been happening in Israel now over 70 years, that's really one of the biggest reasons why we even have this segment every week, Ron Ross, and always appreciate your insights and your up-to-date way that you've scoured the headlines and you've brought us the best news out of Israel and the Middle East from overnight. Thank you so much for taking some time to share those with us today on 2020. My pleasure, Neil. Thank you very much. Before you go, thanks for listening. There's lots more great audio on demand, or you can listen to us live at visionradio.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener-supported. Your donation, large or small, will help us continue connecting faith to life for hundreds of thousands of people across Australia and around the world. Learn more or donate today at visionradio.org.au.